Hey everyone, welcome to Living in the Question podcast. I'm Sadie. I'm Maddie. And today we have our personal ego expert, Tim Rothschild. <laughs> That's the first. <laughs> I told Maddie I was going to say that yeah. because I do feel that way. Me and Maddie wanted to break down this topic of ego and I was like, who can we do this with? And Tim, we're doing it oh, with you. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be back. <laughs> so um, we can start with a little awareness check-in. Tim, do you want to start since you're oh. since you're our guest? Yeah, so guide me. What's so awareness check-in? Where's that what does that mean? Awareness check-in. So kind of just where your awareness has been and you know, things you've been thinking about, like healing mm-hmm. or certain mm-hmm. parts of yourself you've been aware of that have been hidden, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. We can start too, if you need to think. No, no, no. You got it. I just needed a little guidance there. I thought that was perfect. You know, I got two things that I'm really working on right now. First, the first and foremost one is staying sober, to be honest. I think that needs to be like my number one thing every day for the rest of my life because yeah. it really gets in the way of everything that I'm trying to do here and uh, consciousness-wise. So it's really, so I'm doing this thing. It's called the 30-Day Solution. I did it. I'm doing it again. I'm going to keep doing it because I think it's amazing. That's that's like always on my mind. But then there's this other thing that's going on um, where I f- I'm, I'm listening. And it's not even that hard to listen. I feel like I'm being called to get back out there in the world a little bit, start Mm -hmm. podcasting, start streaming, get a little bit more of a social media presence. And I was talking about it with my fiance, who's good at this stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm realizing it's going to be a lifestyle change. You know, I'm going to, you know, here I am doing breakfast with my daughter and thinking about how I'm thwarting her desires from time to time as she's trying to get into the electronics and, how will that desire affect her and down the line? You know, anyway, you oh, know, yeah. it, won't, it won't be as boring as that, but I, that's the plan. Yeah. It, that's what I'm aware of right now. So it's exciting. It's an exciting time. Yeah. I love, yeah, I love how you're talking about your daughter because when you have children, it is like that. Like you start to be like, oh, you know, they're starting to create these like patterns or things I'm seeing and like, how will that affect them later? And like, mm-hmm. what can I do to like help prevent you know, like going down a wrong path and like your mind just starts going and going. <laughs> yeah. And to, like, just to unpack that a little bit more, you know, I just had um, just like a little non-dual group thing. And uh, one of the people in there was saying that they don't know what they want in their life. Mm. And I started thinking, you know, oh, so we're talking about our relationship to desire here. And that's, that's why I brought up the thing with my daughter. Cause it's like, she's tra- she's curious about everything. She wants to get into everything. And I have to constantly pick her up, say, no, you know, like not that one, like pay attention to this. And I think to myself, is she going to need therapy because of this? You know, just <laughs> like, my God. Anyway. Yeah. You know. no, you're helping her create boundaries right now. You know, that's you're- what I'm hoping. Healthy boundaries. So my awareness lately has just been around how little we actually know about our even closest people's day-to-day life. Like I had this thought the other day about how I love my family and I talk to them pretty often, but yet I don't know what my brother and sister-in-law's day-to-day life really looks like, you know? I don't even know the space that they live in or you with your kid, like what your day-to-day life, I might hear about it, but I don't truly know what it looks and feels like. Yeah. And so I just want to like hold more space for other people knowing that we're all going through it. We all feel like we're rushing around and yeah, just be more aware mm. of other people I and their personal space and, you know, stories, I, what's going yeah, on. I, lo- I love that you're curious about people's lives in that way. You know, it's it's so true, right? I mean, 
we know like but one of my one of my closest friends the other day was like yeah you know the other day when i was in hawaii you know i was like when the hell did you go to hawaii i had the same kind of thought i was like oh my god i'm really like i this is one of my best friends i have no idea what's going on in his life there's so much out there there is and that's a trip too because like we think we know until you have a moment where you're like oh i have no idea right yeah I love that you're like opening up to it and just trying to receive people in a different way. Mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> uh, okay. So my awareness check-in, if you guys can hear, I'm really sick. So I woke up this morning and I like couldn't do life. Like I just, I didn't sleep well last night. Like my sickness hit me last night. I woke up And I hadn't slept at all. Odin was, you know, had his feet in my face half the night. And I'm just like, I can't do my day today. Like, I just can't. I can't do it. I just woke up feeling that way. And then Odin was pushing me this morning. And then that made me feel more down. And then the thing that set me off is a fly. Like, Odin left the door open yesterday at my house. And there's like 10 flies in my house. And a fly landed on me. And I started bawling bawling just like I can't do it like I can't do my day like I can't do any of this I'm supposed to go to work you know and so my awareness check-in is around like so I've talked about before this go 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 thing that I do and I need to honor my body because this morning I was trying to push myself to go to work and I was like I'm gonna go I got Odin up I took him to my sister and I started driving to work And everything in me was like, you're not going to work. What are you doing? But I was trying to push myself to go. But instead, I drove home and I sat in my driveway and I just bawled like for two hours. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? I'm not going today. Everybody needs me, you know, at the lab. Like I'm the one who solves everybody's issues all the time. And it feels good to be that person. But also, I got to think about me right now. And so I did, and I called my boss, and he was like, oh, okay, that's fine, like, feel better. You know, it was just so easy, but for me, that was really hard for me to do, you know. Tim knows, he's my healer, he knows that this is a thing I do. And, yeah, I just need to honor my body more, and even today, as I've not been feeling great, I'm still pushing myself. I've been drinking coffee, trying to get myself up so I can take care of my child. I've been like, you know, doing all these things that I probably shouldn't be doing. Mm. So yeah, that's my awareness today is all around that. Just honoring how I feel and actually letting myself rest. I need that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's kind of where my my awareness is today. (laughs) So our topic today is ego. Like we said at the beginning. Um, I just want to start this off saying that me and Maddie were like, okay, like, what is ego? You know, how are we going to talk about this? Like, there's, it's such a big topic. And so I just decided to type into Google, what is ego? And the very first thing that came up, the first definition we saw, it said, an inflated feeling of pride in your superiority to others. And when I read that, it was like, oh, that's what I thought ego is my whole life until I got into the spiritual community and got into school is just like, you know, you always hear people talk about that, you know, the ego and, oh, they have such a big ego. And I never knew there was another meaning or it was deeper than that. And so I kind of want to talk about that, you know, Mm -hmm. what people perceive ego to be. 
Well, and I just had an experience right before this. I was talking with my landlord and I was telling him that we were going to be recording a podcast. And he's like, oh, what are you guys going to talk about? And I was like, oh, we're going to talk about ego. And he started laughing and he's like, well, I need to listen. I sure have a big ego sometimes. And I was like, just kind of nodded because I'm like, I'm not going to get into this whole topic with him. But I feel like, yeah, younger generations are kind of coming to this awareness of a bigger understanding of our ego. But it was just funny to have that experience right before this. We started. Yeah. Wait, it's funny. Say again, I missed it. I was just saying, like, that's it. Like, that's what we want to talk about, you know? Right. So what is it about that, right? People, they're they're relating the ego in a particular way. Like, it's only there uh, as something that's not, it's like, it's not a good thing. Right. It's like the ego is like, oh, he's the guy has an ego. And it's like, okay. Right. So I don't know, like, how long do you want to stay here? Because like, I'm already ready to go into like the ego keeps us alive. Yeah. You know, the ego is what lets us navigate this world of duality. Right. So it's like right off the bat, you know, you can see the main culture just doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, the majority of people out there, they're not really understanding what the what the ego is. It's that it has a job to do. And that we can actually heal it in some ways. Right. So we can go into that. So the second definition I saw was your consciousness of your own identity. Mm. And that's a little bit deeper, right? And yeah. And I read was your consciousness and your unconscious part of yourself is your ego. Because a lot of us are unconscious how our ego operates and how it is ruling our life. Yeah. I like that that definition names identity. Because I often think of the ego as, you know, a, a sort of a, a culmination or an aggregation of all the different things that we think about ourselves. So this is who I am, right? And I can get an inflated ego when I'm being arrogant, right? And I'm, I'm taking up more space because I'm so great. Or I could take up less space if I, if, if I believe that I'm not worthy, right? If my ego doesn't believe I'm worthy, then I'm, then I'm in a shameful place and I'm hiding. I'm small. Ego is an interesting thing to explore, you know? Yeah, so let's just start this off then with why do you think every human has an ego? I mean, that's a huge question, but like right off the bat, why do you think we have an ego? What is well, you, you know, I asked I asked that question about 10 years ago to one of my teachers and she sort of expanded on it. She's like, you're kind of asking, why does God keep creating individual people? Why does God keep creating individual egos, right? It's not just people, it's egos. She said it does something to oneness where it has, there's, there's the oneness, but if you only had oneness, you wouldn't really be awake. There would be no you. There's no, there's just oneness. It's just light. There's no point of reference. There's no friction. There's no, there's no you. So so yeah, it would be, there's just one, right? And some people can reach that state of consciousness in different ways, almost, you know, and they call that samadhi experiences and other things. But the fact is that the oneness somehow in a mysterious way needs two-ness and the oneness and the two-ness actually uh create each other so in buddhism it's codependent origination so you you can't have one without the other you can't have one without the two and the two somehow feeds the one in a way that it couldn't if the one was just one Uh, i think that has something to do with love but i'm not entirely sure I, i actually prefer to stay with the mystery of that right why does god keep creating individual egos right so it's a great question i I, when i asked that question too it made me think of like like our animal instincts like our ego is our fundamental animal instinct i hear people talk about that all the time like 
the self that just is reacting to the surroundings, right? And like the world and like what comes, you know, into our life, like we're just reacting to these things. It's just interesting to think about. So here we have to say, we have to start to just lay the groundwork to say, okay, the non-dual approach to the ego says that the ego is not actually a bad thing. The ego says that everything has a right to exist, including the ego. And the ego has a very important job to do. The problem is we sometimes let it run the show. And it's not good at running the show. It needs to be a deckhand on the ship, right? doesn't need to be the captain of the ship. So the ego is always going to think it's in charge until it starts to heal, right? And so as we heal, those reactions that you were talking about, Sadie, become uh, softer, we yeah. start to slow down a little bit. We start to notice more. We start to awaken to these patterns that we're doing. You know, we're less reactive, in other words. Or if we react, we do it consciously. So the ego, let me just pull something. This is how Jason defines the ego. Jason Shulman, by the way. Oh, who, I'm so glad you have this because I, yeah. I wanted to have this and I did it. Yeah, no, I got, I got you. Because again, I said before the show, I was actually just teaching a, a class on the holy ego, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about the holy ego, right? What a different way of relating to it. So, you know, Jason says the ego is the vehicle that enables us to live as individual personalities in finite bodies who are simultaneously manifestations of spirit beyond life and death. Let me read that one more time. Yeah. (laughs) The ego is the vehicle that enables us to live as individual personalities in finite bodies who are simultaneously manifestations of spirit beyond life and death. Okay. So the ego is a good tool for navigating the world. It wants us to keep us alive and it has a particular way of going about that, right? So it's very dualistic. This is a this is a healthy mushroom, this is a poisonous mushroom. This is you 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 have the same opinions as me, so I feel comfortable with you. You have different opinions, so I want to kill you, get rid of you because you threaten me. Healing ego would start to say, "Oh, okay, we all have differing opinions." So mm-hmm. that's, you know, we can, we, that's allowed. And that's, a, so you start to soften a little bit, you start to connect on different levels. Mm-hmm. You start to be able to include more and you become basically less afraid, less afraid and more inclusive. I could talk all about more of that, but what do yeah. you think about this? Well, that just made me think about transference because I talk about that too, but like talking about like the ego being so reactive all the time, like uh-huh. it's reactive to our transference. Sure it is. I think the very first step to trying to heal the ego is just creating awareness around what we are reactive to. Right. That's it. Just wake up. Stop it's so simple. <laughs> it's like it's like the most advanced teaching is the most simple teaching, right? It's just wake up, be awake. So like obviously transference, right? We all are individual beings with unique histories. So everything that we relate to has that history that's kind of a lens that we look through, right? So if we can be awake to that, it's no longer controlling our lives. Healing ego is n- isn't in control at all. It's in relationship. It's right. in relationship to what's here. Realizing that everybody has an ego makes it easier to not take things personally. Yes. Yeah. That's a healing too, right? We all have an ego. Oh. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, okay. And the ego is allowed. It's allowed. Oh, it's actually like a really necessary part of, of, of my life and I can heal it. And I don't, I don't need to be so scared. It's like, it's a pretty cool thing to realize. Towards like non-duality. Can we break that down a little bit as far as the ego goes for listeners that might not be familiar with that? With what non-duality is? Mm -hmm. With what non-duality is. Ooh. Yeah. 
So I think Wikipedia's definition for it is something like two things that are one that remain distinct from one another. It's 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 a oneness that includes two-ness. It's a it's a oneness that's so whole it includes two-ness, and the two-ness is how reality shows up in our lives, and it shows up in the form of opposites. Right. So reality is always showing us one side of life, and it has this silent opposite. So there's hot and there's cold. Right. You don't know what hot is until it's in relationship to cold. So even if you're just touching something that's hot, cold is still present. It's still in relationship to cold. So non-duality is a way of awakening to the interconnectedness of everything on this level to realize that even the space between us is so full of relationship. It's unbelievable. It's thick, you know, with something. And uh, the more I do this work over the years, the more I can feel that connectivity and it manifests as aliveness. It manifests as just a feeling of wholeness of I, I am here with God. And whatever God means to you, right? It's like, I used to never use the word God. Now at this point, I'm like totally comfortable with it because I have my own unique relationship to this oneness, right? So I think that's what it's all about. It's about healing the healing the ego so that we can live more from our souls and feel that wholeness and interconnected uh, interconnectivity of life. And um, that's why I think non-duality is essential uh, to, to understanding the sort of how life is organized in general. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about how you were talking about Eckhart Tolle and like how he talks about ego? Yeah, I, share I a feel bit? like, so I read A New Earth and the way that he describes ego, it resonated with me a lot because it is this recognition and awareness of all your thoughts and emotions as ego. He speaks to it more as dissolving the ego, but I think it's the same as healing your ego. Um, It's bringing that awareness to it, of course. I just think that I I like his emphasis on we are this eternal consciousness, you know what I mean? And the the way to come back to that is through presence. Mm. That really resonated with me. Yeah. 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 Begin to heal the ego. I feel like it helps you be more present because you're not so reactive, right? Of course. Well, you're present because you're not lost in a trance state, literally, right? We're talking about transference here. So like most of the time, we're going through life and something happens and we fall asleep. You know, Jason would say, if you can stand consciously in the face of change, that's the way out. I just got full body chills. <laughs> right. Because th- think about it. It's just, we're always falling asleep all the time and we're trying our best. We do our spiritual practices. We talk about it on shows. We have friends that support us. We try to wake up, but it's so damn hard. Right. But if you can do that just more and more, that's your best shot at, I guess, dis- dissolving the ego. I don't even say, I wonder if he's talking about, because in the Kabbalah, they talk about making things transparent. So it's like the unhealed ego is so reactive and needs to survive. And either you're either for me or against me, that kind of thing. It's a roadblock to wholeness. But if you can see through that transference, include it. Oh, you know, you remind me of somebody that hurt me when I was little, but uh, I'm riding that transference. So I can recognize now that you're actually a unique, you're not somebody that hurt me. So I can relate to you differently now. So now I've dissolved the ego. I've seen through it. It's still there, but I can see through it. I like that emphasis on like transparency. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah, Yeah, because it has to, non-duality says it has to be all inclusive. We can't get rid of anything. And I I don't think that he says like you can just, I, I think when he uses the word dissolve, it's not necessarily this idea that it will just disappear, but it is yeah. like coming back to awareness continually because that's really what life's about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
most of us will never reach this state of where we don't have to think about that anymore, you know? We're just healed. Yeah. Yeah. It's never going to happen, right? Because the other thing is, so when I think of presence, I think about coming out of memory. And what I mean by that is the majority of what we do in our lives is pretty much neurotic. It's an obsession with memory. And memory has like a real purpose. We need to have it, but it's like a double-edged sword, right? So like so often we relate to the world from history, from transference, from memory. So if we can be awake to not only the transference, but the stories that we're telling ourselves about the present moment, because the transference is filled with all these stories that we tell ourselves, five, 10 stories usually, or even more, if we can be awake to those and just see through them, I say just see through them. It's not easy, right? Even drop them. Just be with what's here. That's that's pure presence. Like we attach so tightly onto the things that we know. Yeah. We attach so tightly onto the things that we think we know, right? That like that's our truth. And it's like, oh, if you can open up a little bit, there's actually a whole world out there for you to take in if you can be open to it, you know, and be more present to take it in. But that is the first step is the awareness, creating awareness around our triggers and all that stuff. So we keep talking about how useful and essential it is to have an ego. Can we talk a little bit about that? Like why? Like how can it be useful for us? How can it, why is it essential to heal the ego? How can it benefit that way? So something that I read in Jason's book, I read, I'm trying to remember what book it was, but when I was reading it, it just blew my mind. He talks about how it can be our biggest ally when we do heal our ego and, you know, create this awareness around it. It can be our biggest ally because it can like boost us up. It can be the thing that makes us more comfortable to open ourselves and like step into the uncomfortable. And he kind of talks about that a little bit. And I was like, whoa, that's, Mm. that's huge for me. Good stuff. Yeah. So I think that's good. But how do you think it is useful and essential? You know, I think the ego's main job is to be in relationship to everything. I think really that's what the healing ego is doing. Uh, You know, maybe it might be easier to even talk about, you know, the benefits of, you know, what why the ego is so great by talking about why it's not at some point. And we can sort of, here's where I'm going with this. The, The unhealed ego believes, this is different than the healing ego, right? The unhealed ego believes it has a separate existence only. So it believes it's apart from everything else. It's necessary to awaken and to heal the ego, to include it as part of the divine. And so the healing, we don't want to get rid of it, but we want to change its nature. We want to do this because the unhealed ego is a roadblock to seeing the wholeness of the world. So when the ego is in charge, the unhealed ego, it prevents us from knowing that we are one with reality. And the unhealed ego wants to control and manipulate reality. It wants to stay in the known, like you were saying, right? It wants to be a little God in charge of what's acceptable and not acceptable, what's allowed and not allowed to exist. It wants to bury or deny uncomfortable feelings, right? So this is what the unhealed ego does. So the healing ego is like opposites are no longer held in opposition. We're more able to see the unity and wholeness in all of life, and we're able to live from that place. We're more trusting of the process of life. We begin to relax into ourselves more. Our minds relax, our emotions relax, our bodies relax, and we feel more pleasure and openness. And that's even when pain and closeness are present. So we are more at ease in our relationships. We experience joy and fulfillment more easily. Hard feelings and the things that set them off become more fluid. We have more choice about how we express ourselves, how we meet our needs and how we deal with difficult situations. We become more authentically connected to who we are 
And we are able to be that and express that more naturally. I'm just noticing as you're sharing both these things, right? Both these opposites of, you know, yeah. how you can operate. I'm just realizing what it feels like in my body. Mm-hmm. Like you're talking about the first one, like my whole body's like, uh, like just uncomfortable. And then you're talking about that. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh I can breathe. You know, yeah. that's what yeah. it is. I've definitely seen that in my own life when I was reactionary and I was like, this is a pattern in this relationship. And I was just assuming when someone was speaking to me like that I already knew what they were saying or I had my transference to that. And then as I've grown and as I have worked through these things, I'm able to come to relationships and not base it on even if there is a whole history that I used to know about this person and the way they behave, I'm still able to come to that moment and be like, what are they saying now? what is being communicated to me at this very moment, you know? Mm -hmm. And like you said, there is so much more ease in every part of my life as I've worked on that. And I feel happier in general, just because I'm able to move through life without these previous knowledges or this knowing of what life's going to be. Yeah. Sounds like there's an openness. Yeah. Openness. You stepped into living in the question a little Mm -hmm. bit more. Yeah. 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 Totally. It's a good yeah. move. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. <laughs> so um, as you're talking about that, too, I'm thinking about all the things that we feel are, are our identity. You know, that the things that we identify with, like, this is me. This is me. Like, uh-huh. that also is the ego. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I. Yeah. It's the I. I. I am. I am. I am. I am this. And holding so tightly onto those things keeps us stuck. Sure. Yeah. I love the way Jason describes it as the ego is like an eddy in a river. Life life is the river. And occasionally all these things, molecules, debris, however you want to hold it, gather together for a temporary period of time. And there's an eddy or there's a person or a unique ego. And then it falls apart and it's back in the river again, you know, and that's it. Yeah, I love that. We kind of talked about that on the last episode, let the river swim the fish. So you just yeah. broke it down a little bit more and that's great. I think maybe we could dive into like ways to heal the ego and your suggestions, Tim, for that. Yeah, there's there's so much you could do, right? And so uh, and what, are, what are you guys doing already to, to heal the ego? What do you think? I think, I mean, awareness, like we were talking about, uh-huh. just awareness to like my patterns and my triggers and tapping into my body a little bit more and recognizing what it feels like when certain things are said, like I just experienced when you were talking, you know, being more aware of all of those things, mm-hmm. I think has helped me a lot. And as you were speaking, Maddie, about that, and like taking people in in a different way, mm-hmm. I feel like I've gotten to that point of being able to take people in in a totally different way, because I'm more in relationship with myself. Yeah. I feel like that has been the biggest thing for me. Yeah. So that's exactly right, right? You want to practice. At some point, you want to get a practice that helps you uh, know yourself. That's what it's all about. If you can await, and then so it's kind of like, all right, now what what are you interested in? How do you want to get to know yourself? Do you want to get to know yourself through yoga? Do you want to get yourself, do you want to know yourself through romantic relationships? Do you want to do it through, you know, a school like Sadie and I do? You know, there's there's so many different paths of wholeness. That's a beautiful part of life. Uh, But I think ultimately it's about self-knowledge. You can only relate to uh, what they say. You can only pull out of the plenum that which you can relate to in yourself. So you can only pull out of all that life is. You can only relate to what life is with that which you can relate to in yourself. So do the work on yourself, whatever that looks like. Some people love therapy. I think a good mix of therapy and spirituality is perfect. And then get a, get a trainer for the gym. And you get everything covered, right? Yeah. 
Right. Tend foot your ego a little bit more, you know, so you can be more buff. <laughs> I think it's good. You know, I think it's fine. But, you know, I always think about this. My, I'm one of my favorite coaches in high school. I was, I was wrestling. I remember he said, you know, Tim, he goes, I want to see you looking in the mirror and flexing a little bit more. I want to see it more of a healthy ego, you know? And I thought about that for the first time. And I, and I thought, yeah, there is like a balance to this. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't, I can, you know, look in the, in the mirror, flex a little bit and just feel, feel good about it. That's the, that's the whole point. You just don't want to get, you know, the inflate. Yeah. Yes. Attached to it. Right. All that. Right. But we can still take delight in, in who we are, you know? And own it. Yeah. So what are your ideas about disidentification? Like, kind of letting go of identifying with these roles or these labels that we put on ourselves. Um, Sadie and I were talking about like, especially for parents, I'm not a parent, but like for moms, their whole role and their whole, you know, they're, she's Odin's mom, you know, he's going to school this week and she's going to be Odin's mom kind of from now on. Yeah. So many mothers, especially like fully identify with that or, like I'm a mom and you like, know? that's me. I'm just a mom. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. these different identities, oh. like how do you let go of that a little bit so that you can come to your truest self? Yeah. It's a great question. I think it comes down to how you hold these identities uh, because, you know, naming something is like one of the most powerful acts that we can do as human beings. You know, something is what it is and then we name it. And now it's filled with all of these associations and historical stuff and memory, it's we're, we're projecting upon it tree, right? This is a tree. Now, I know what a tree is, you know, but if I, if I lock it in, like, uh, oh, I know everything there is about trees. I might, I might miss this wonderful book I read that tells me all about how grandparent trees can talk to their grandsons, you know, two miles down the road through a network in the ground. And there's actually this really beautiful thing that's going on here. Right. And I would have closed that down by thinking that I know everything there is about trees. Uh, another example, my grandma, every time she, I love her, she's still around, which is great. But every time I come over, she makes me cauliflower. When I was five years old, that was my favorite vegetable. So <laughs> she still got me locked in. You know? It's all good. It's all good. Right. But if we were in a spiritual practice, there might have been an opportunity for her to know that I don't like cauliflower as much anymore. In fact, I'm more of a broccoli guy. You know? <laughs> But that's how, so it matters. It's just how you hold it, right? Because you need to name things, right? This is a cat over here. But at the same time, I want to understand that this cat is a total mystery to myself and it, right? I'm a mystery to myself. You're all mysteries to yourself. <laughs> at the same time, we know something about ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just about holding that, be honoring the mystery at all times, mm-hmm. which is living in the question. Yeah. How can people do that more? I think some people are just so identified with things that like trying to like, take it a step back like maybe oh, I yeah. Am house. yeah do you have suggestions for that yeah it's a good question I don't I'm sure I'm sure a million books have been written about this by the <laughs> way there's you know how to let go of your identity or soften your identity yeah. you know for me so I'm just thinking let me think for me I used to be so identified with being a football player I had a crazy upbringing when I was like six or seven years old I saw like a quarterback on tv and I thought that's exactly what I need to be in order to be okay in this world so I went and I did it played college football the whole thing once I got injured and I couldn't play anymore, I was like a lost baby. Mm. Where was my identity? Who am I now? My self, my sense of self-worth went, could have killed myself. I'm not even kidding. It was like, it was like, well, I have nothing to offer the world at this point. Yeah. And then because I wasn't healed, I jumped into bodybuilding and just training all the time. 
So then it was like, oh, as long as I look perfect, people will love me. Yeah. You know, and I guess it took finding the school actually, because I was on a mad pursuit of trying to understand the nature of reality and what life was all about. And then I found the school and I met people that had this uh, compassion that I'd never experienced before. Their compassion allowed me to release my identity and open up to the possibility that maybe I am more than that. And maybe I don't need to be so shameful about having certain limitations. In fact, maybe they are what make me so beautiful and unique, right? Our limitations, right? So it's, it's, it was that kind of a path. It was, it was encountering compassion that allowed me to soften and say, you know, maybe I could do something else. Maybe I could be something other than a football player. Maybe I don't need to be anything. I could just be me and that's enough. So as you're talking about that, it just brought something up for me in my personal story. It's a little bit different than yours, but along the same line. So I did voice lessons when I was younger for like 10 years. That was like huge. Like my dad was always pushing me like, you know, we're going to take you to American Idol. You're going to try out like just my biggest, you know, confidant on my side, just like we can do this. And I always felt like I'm going to be a singer when people would ask me, I'm going to be a singer. I identified with that so much that when the path wasn't just like laid out for me, I lost myself and it Uh was like, oh, well now I can't sing. And now I have a huge issue with allowing myself to like sing at my house and practice a song. Like it's, it's hard for me because I identified so much with what it should be or what I thought it should be that now I'm trying to backpedal, right? And rework through that so that I can identify with actually what does singing mean to me? What do I want it to be for me? All of those things. Yeah. What's coming up when I want to sing and suddenly there's all this resistance. Like, what's that about? All this psychological shit. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, me and Tim, okay. Me and Tim have been breaking this down for the last four years. We've been working together and guess what? It's still not healed. So everyone, you know, talking about healing these parts of yourself, it doesn't happen overnight. Keep working with it. It's a process. Keep being more aware of your surroundings and your triggers. And it is a process, but the more that you do it, you are healing your ego just through the yeah. awareness of those things. Exactly. And you don't know where it's going to go, right? Mm-hmm. You show up for a session or show up for a healing talking about not wanting to sing. And before you know it, we're like, you know, I can't make it about anything, but we're talking about something completely different. It's like, holy crap, I can't believe that this was a part of this. You know, it's like reality is a, a funny thing when you unpack it. Do you have anything like that that you can think of? you like identified with as like this is who I am when you were younger and yeah I think there's a lot of I think throughout my life there's been a lot of things that I identified with and then letting them go hurt but I feel like throughout my adult life I've had to let go of a lot of things so the practice has become easier for me and I I will say like when we were talking about this I think an easy first step for people would be to like ask yourself who am I if I lose this ability or who am I if I lose these possessions or these things that I identify with? Like, who am I after that? And am I complete? Am I still fulfilled? Is my life, do I still have joy? Mm-hmm. I think that's a good place to begin because that will kind of answer whether that is even good for you, really, mm-hmm. those identities, you know? 
and help you focus on things that are going to bring that fulfillment or that belief that you are complete because we of course are but knowing that without these roles Mm. is super important yeah that it's hard to do oh yeah it takes time like I got let go from a job it was my first professional job after college and I let it totally derail me because I thought it was it was it wasn't necessarily that my whole association and my whole identity was in that role but being recognized and being someone who got fired like suddenly felt like part of my identity and I just I had so much like self-loathing that happened and yeah yeah, it was you were a person that could get fired yeah in reality anyone could right you're attached to that yeah exactly so Mm. I've had a lot of experiences like that but I do think finding ease around those things and Mm -hmm. compassion for yourself when you do feel that you know yeah and I also loved him how you talked about like softening you know like softening yourself a little bit yeah. Because it's not going to change overnight these identities that we put on ourselves, but also let's soften them a little bit, you know, so there's more space to be free. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's great. I love that so much. So, okay, one more thing I just want to talk about a little bit. Actually, I guess we kind of did, but I just had written down, like, we don't want to cover up our ego or lose the ego. A lot of people say, like, you need to lose the ego. You need to get rid of the ego. That's not realistic. You know what I mean? It's not realistic to just completely get rid of your ego. Like that's a part of us. Yeah, it's and impossible. It yeah, it's impossible. So it's what keeps us operating here. You know, a lot of people have that misconception with non-duality as well, where they believe non-duality is this place that's free of all pain and suffering and ego and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, there is, you know, states of consciousness where you, you can get there, but true non-duality is messy and it's a it's a it's a human life with everything that that includes which is like the peaks and the valleys in shin buddhism they have this thing about going down into the valley down into the garbage into the muck and finding the lotus flower in that that's yeah that's what it's about that's beautiful so we wrote down a little challenge the challenge that we wanted to do maddie kind of talked about it a little bit already but write a list of five things over these next two weeks that you feel are your identity and write those things down and take a look at them and ask yourself, who would I be without the attachment to these identities? That's what we want you guys to do. So you can see on paper who you believe you are, right? And how much more you can be. Because I think when you see those things, it's like, oh, there's more. Did you make this up? Yeah, they just thought yeah, of cool. it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so I think that would be good. So I want everybody to do that and yeah, write write into us. Let us know how that practice was for you and if it shifted anything for you, if it opened your mind to things we want to know. So let us know. (laughs) So now, Tim, Mm -hmm. do all of your plugs. We need to hear all the things going on. The big new awesome thing that's going on is we're we're myself and Beth Elmarini, a co-teacher of mine, we're going to start a four-year program to uh, make people non-dual Kabbalistic healers, right? So this is my passion. It's what I fell in love with and it's what I do. So to do that, I guess the best thing to do it is just to go to the thirdthing.net. It's all spelled out, the thirdthing.net and sign up for my mailing list. And then we can let you know about things that are going on. Uh, we're also starting October 2nd, we're starting an introduction to non-dual Kabbalistic healing course. 
Uh, it's six weeks long. It's going to be Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, and we have scholarships available. So if anybody wants to join, uh, you pay what you can. We'll cover the rest. We just want to raise awareness for this four-year program and get people excited about this work. Other than that, you can follow me at the Third Thing Network on Instagram. I'm going to be getting out uh, and the socials more often. I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be changing my life. So pay attention to that if you're interested in anything I'm talking about. And uh, that's pretty much it, I think. My fiance would probably kill me. I probably forgot a few things, but it is what it is. Oh, I'm doing healing. Of course, I don't have a healing practice, right? So if you go to the website, you want a healing, just go to the shop and sign up and we'll do it. That's it. Hit Tim up, y'all. Yes, do. You know, Tim has helped me work through a lot of things and he's helped me so much. You're actually the reason I started the school. So thanks, Tim. Love that. So if you guys are like, what's the introduction to non-dual Kabbalistic healing? Like, what is that? Just if you're feeling called to do it, do it because mm. it will change your world and your views. And I think it's a beautiful place to start. So when Sadie and I like rekindled the first thing, the very first thing she told me about was how she had started doing healings with you. And she had only done like two of them, but it was so interesting to me because I hadn't been introduced to any of that at that time. Mm. And I remember she had like heard about you through your podcast and then she was like, I'm going into this, I'm doing these healings. And then both of our lives transformed so much right at At that that moment. moment. But it was just cool because that's kind of something, a conversation that I remember right when we first hung out again. Yeah. So that was cool. And now look where we are. Yeah. In the podcast, talking with Tim about these things. Look at that. (laughs) How cool is that? That is so cool. Okay. So if you guys want to follow us, yes please do. <laughs> Our Instagram is at living in the question pod. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear us talk about, you can either hit us up there or you can on email living in the question podcast at gmail.com. So yeah, send us topics you want us to talk about or if you just want to chat, we're here. And go follow Tim. Yep. Go Give follow him a Tim shout out too for this awesome episode. Yes. And all those things that he talked about too will be in the description of the podcast. So just scroll down and you guys will be able to see those. And yeah, thanks, Tim. This was yeah, fun. right on. My thanks. pleasure. Let's break this down. Let's <laughs> do it again. Okay, let's do it. All right. We love you guys so much. Have a good couple weeks. Bye. Take me higher.